audience. Welcome to uh, the new episode of Pilot's Guide to Nonchalance, a new experiment in the Pilot's Guide umbrella where uh, I sit down with Angelo and Andrew, who are joining me today via Skype. We are quarantined. And uh, we talk about the AMC original television show, Dispatches from Elsewhere, Boys, how are we doing today? Well, you know, just dealing with the cabin fever. Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> anyway, I, I, again. I, I'm still in and out, so I'm I'm uh, keeping busy. But when I'm when I'm home, I'm I'm sitting stagnant. Sitting, <laughs> sitting stagnant. Sitting in my own filth. I haven't showered in <laughs> days. Not because I can't, but because I don't want to. It's like a tiny little kiddie pool that I I just I just sit down and I Ooh. wait. And it's and it's brown and it's <laughs> and it's brown. The the plastic's brown, not the not the <laughs> not the contents of the pool. <laughs> hard hard to tell. Hard to tell. But anyway, so this is a show. This is a podcast about a show that has been running for four episodes right now on AMC. If you are just listening to it now, this is the second episode of our series, uh, as indicated by the title, but. This is in regards to the third and fourth episodes of the television show, centered around Sally Field's character Janice and Andre 3000's character Fredwin, uh, both episodes going by their respective names. Anyway, um, before we dig in, uh, any overall impressions of these episodes? How did you guys feel uh, about these as opposed to maybe the first two episodes of the show, or just how did this expand your mind of the show in general? Um, I, well, I wasn't a huge fan of Janice's episode mm. the first time I watched it, but I think paired with Fredwin's episode, which was mm-hmm. so far my favorite of the season. Mm-hmm. It just kind of like really lifted it up a little bit more. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just, I, I really enjoyed these last two episodes together. Absolutely. Um, I mean, I definitely liked both pretty equally, I would say. I, I would say I, I liked all four so far pretty equally because now it's complete and we have all four characters together and we understand all of their backgrounds. Um, but yeah, I, I, I definitely enjoyed both episodes. It, was, it, was, it, it kept the momentum, I would say, going. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. There's something building, uh, definitely something building plot-wise. Uh, you know, if we if we recall back from the the previous two episodes and uh, the first episode that we sat down and and discussed, you know, we've got this character, these four characters, Peter and Simone and Janice and Fredwin, all thinking that this Jejun Institute uh, elsewhere society situation is a number of different things. You know, Janice thinking it's a hoax and Peter thinking it's real life and uh janice wait already said janice uh you know fredwin thinking that it's a conspiracy theory and simone thinking that it's just a a grand game i think this episode does a bit to steer me in one direction i don't know how you guys feel but like i'm starting to think i'm starting to side with fredwin not only because he's my favorite character in the show, but I'm leaning more toward a conspiracy angle for the situation that we got going on. Just because of what he was able to see backstage. He's so in the details about everything. 
trying to trace it, trace it all out. That's what's speaking to me. I don't know if you've become enlightened uh, with regards to this double episode, but let me know what you, what do you guys think? Well, I mean, I think every episode you kind of agree with the character that we're following because we're in their head. We're seeing the world through their eyes. Think of yourself as such. Mm-hmm. So, like, of course, like, the show is going to make you think that it's what the character thinks. Yeah. Yeah. So, I'm. it's still very much up in the air for me because, um, I don't know, when we were following Peter, I thought it was, I thought it was real. When we were following Simone, it felt more just like a game than anything else. Yeah. Um, so, it's, I don't know, maybe, maybe not. I mean, I would say, looking, now that we have all four characters explained, I'm leaning on the camp of it's like a a game but it's also a hoax like i'm kind of like it with simone and janice mm-hmm. just because it, like i almost feel like at this point it's they're just kind of trolling with everyone unless mm-hmm. it's like for some reason when we learn about clara more and we learn about octavio more i would assume that we would yeah get more of a, like a a sense of if it's real or not but for right now i'm still in the the game like the yeah. fake game mindset it is i i don't know if i just sort of made it up but i do feel like there were people outside of the core four characters referring to it as a game unless i heard wrong i thought it, i like i don't know i thought i feel like i heard the word game thrown around a little bit more and Simone wasn't really a part of these two episodes, considering that this was a twofer very much centered around the relationship between Janice and Fredwin, seeing as they're kind of the initial pair that started working together uh, with respect to Peter and Simone's pairing. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I definitely, I, I don't know how we're going to structure this as far like discussion as far as like if we're mm-hmm. going to combine both episodes into one as or if we're just going to kind of talk broadly about both. But um, I, like I, I remember in, in, in Fredwin's episode when, when he was up in the, in the booth, the, mm-hmm. the two people that were working the show watching Janice on stage, they did mention like it's a little bit of VR magic with some Facebook like in it. So like it was kind of like just data mining like Fredwin was saying. So it's like, I mean, obviously, like you said, mm-hmm. it's based mm-hmm. on like the view of each character. So he's obviously going to see it for right. they're just taking all this information and but yeah like i know what you mean when that you said that you've heard heard it seem mm-hmm. or you've heard the notion that it was a game a couple times because yeah it has been thrown around right like the people backstage for for instance in fred Wynn's episode uh i i thought this i heard the stage manager woman say something 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 game but maybe she was just sort of maybe i, I misheard her i i don't know yeah, I, don't, I don't know if she ever mentioned it. Maybe it was like somebody in the audience during Janice's episode that said something about the game, like one of the participants. Mm, that's a good point. And I mean, it could also be that like Octavio and whoever works for him, like we see in both Janice and like in, in Fredwin's episode, when Octavio's like, when he's wherever he is, he's usually like with two different guards or whatever. So maybe yeah. it's like he's just telling people that aren't associated with the institution or aren't associated with like this whole thing maybe mm-hmm. he's just paying them or telling them to say these things to like continue the mystic mystical oh, element man. of it so who knows if what what the stage manager or anybody like that worked at the theater 
was true type of thing yeah. who, who knows what that that old man's doing yeah. he's a he's a wild card but with, without talking too much about octavio why don't we why don't we focus why don't we take the opportunity to focus on janice um talk about sort of where the show left off in episode two and how we're sort of introduced in episode three because i think there's a lot we learn about janice very very early into the episode with the whole another cartoon uh i don't even know flashback i guess uh cartoon timeline timeline yeah i guess that's the best i mean it was an entire timeline of her life essentially put it yeah so yeah we you know we, we left off with fred went hopping in the car and janice you know relying on him as her partner saying i won't let you you know be taken by them hops on the weird octagonal car bike thing and they, and uh her right. and simone and peter just sort of sort of scoot and, the, and, then, they, and they ride all the way from what seemed like center city all the mm-hmm. way to the tower in upper derby which would have taken them so long they go quite away do you think they were ever on the highway <laughs> no, no, like, no 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 it's not in the in the world in the world of uh of dispatches it was like 20 minutes or something like that <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah they made it they made it to the seven yeah the seven thirty. yeah it was li- literally 20 minutes it was like seven ten. yep and they needed to get to the to the shareholders meeting at seven thirty, and they got there before it even started so yeah there's no way i don't know i don't know how they did it but i guess that's the same maybe movie it's just, magic at word or actual magic if you're if we're siding with peter so true but so janice what is she she's sort of built this character built on loyalty and commitment i would say is that oh, fair for sure yeah yeah like angela do you want to talk about that that timeline as you put it i mean if you're familiar with the movie up that's exactly oh, what I, yeah. that's exactly what i Sammy and I, when we watched it, when we, that was immediately what we um, kind of put together as far as similarities and the timeline. It was kind of like she grows up. I, I'm, I mean, because it was last week, like the entire timeline isn't like ingrained, but it, it was essentially her growing up and then falling in love and like the hardships that she went with through mm-hmm. through her life with the one that she loved and then ending. Mm-hmm. I don't remember exactly how that ended. I was, I think it was. Um... Well, there was. I remember there was like, they had a fight at some point, which yeah. I'm not sure if it was revealed there or later on that Lev cheated on her, right? I assume. I, I didn't know if that was if they spelled that out. I don't explicitly. think they did. I, 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 there was definitely like some sort of tension there. Lev was, being being um, Janice's husband. Yeah. But yes, there was there was an event that, whether it's spelled out or not, where Janice sort of lost her trust in Lev, and Lev had to sort of build it back. But ultimately, through the scope of this timeline, we see that once they're together, they're sort of this in, in you know inseparable pair, and that sort of shows demonstrates what type of a character that we see Janice as because she's so committed to her partner. That's why she's so driven to, I got to go after Fred when I got to help Fred when he's like my guy in this situation, this game, this hoax, this conspiracy. And 
you know, it's it's at least what I see as what what drives that that point home. I granted, obviously, she doesn't want him to get hurt or anything because I think she's just a nice woman. But I also I also think it's like a character aspect, whether she likes it or not, that she she feels compelled to do this sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, we also real oh sorry we also see as like with when we see um i guess we can go into more detail later on but when when she is in her in her vr world that we we see at the mm-hmm. at the at the conference um we do see her talking to her old self and they kind of touch on how she she promised herself that she'd spend more time with herself so i think this this whole game or this entire like event that is going on she she kind of i guess sees that as this is her way of kind of spending time with herself and getting out of the house because of the state that lev is in oh yes so oh poor lev poor lev did did either of you so so we'll just be be frank about it lev is confined to a bed he's in a, a medically induced coma i i suppose he had a, a massive stroke yeah. which we we find out we don't actually find out in janice's episode they tell us that in fredwin's episode but when, when you're watching a timeline did did either of you think he was straight up dead and yeah. like she was by herself N- no because she had mentioned that sh- she was still living with her husband I, I thought that was just episode. like I thought that was just like her say like feeling he, his presence there but him not actually being there. Like it was it, it was sort of sort of weird to me. I actually like I was actually surprised to see Lev at the end of the episode. But in the timeline like the, the animated timeline there wasn't mm-hmm. really any any was there narration? I don't remember there being Oh, Octavio. Octavio other than Octavio. So yeah, I mean like I don't remember if it was explicitly said that he had died, but it made like the animation seemed like that's kind of how it that that's yeah. kind of how it happened. It looked like he was in a hospital bed, and then it just kind of mm-hmm. ended there, and then she was kind of alone. So yeah, I kind of do understand because it wasn't yeah. explicit, but like obviously later on we find out that the hospital bed was still relevant. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. for sure, and like. You know, you see her, her character's got her head head in her hands. That's where I thought the most of Up because of like <laughs> that. That's actually what happens in the you know with Carl. But uh, no, Lev is is still alive. Um, whether you know Janice Janice talks about how he'll squeeze her hand or you know have his eyes open and like looking at her, but they don't communicate outside of what she says to him. So it's this very like. So, puts a very somber sad mood on her her character and at least i i felt for her in in that that situation but i think it brings the audience closer to at least that's what i feel yeah i mean it it was definitely it felt like that it led up to like obviously it led up to the end of the episode and it, it made you feel for her the most then just because you you don't really ex- I wouldn't say you don't expect it, but it's it, if you weren't expecting it, it kind of kind of came as like a oh wow. So like she's still holding on to this this long love that she's had for yeah. her entire life. So it it definitely it it yeah it made you feel for her. Yeah. 
Andrew, you thought your your thoughts? Well, it just it makes sense for her character why she's doing something like this because she's really like kind of trapped by her husband's condition. She really mm-hmm. can't do anything. So for her to be able to go out and meet people and do something fun for herself for a change is really really important right. for her. Right. Which she's, she's very explicit about enjoying it this very much. Yeah. So I think she's, yeah, it's just a really sad story, honestly. Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. just I feel so happy for her that she's like doing this and ha- has mm-hmm. made these friends. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Even though at the end of her episode it's kind of like this really strange bittersweet fever mm-hmm. dream mm-hmm. <laughs> cuz oh, we yes. realize we realize a lot about her i don't know if we want to talk about that now or when we get there yeah well why don't we why don't we just dig into some of the things that happen in the episode some of the things that we 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 like to point out i'll i'll open it to you guys what like there's a lot of of there good thing funny things i like i thought this one actually had pretty decent comedic factors like how they are able to just finesse their way into the garage by janice <laughs> persisting that like oh i left my purse in there i <laughs> i it's it's there my purse is there you want me to leave i have to go get my purse it's in the garage which is where fredwin is you know was in the trunk even though he's not there anymore when they get there but like there's a lot of good stuff that happens it, it's it's not as strong as maybe the Fredwin episode or the Simone episode, but I still think it was good. So I feel like we should talk about what happens to her specifically because there's a lot to get into. Uh, yeah. So let's see. So they're they're in the garage. Oh, yeah. They meet Octavio in the garage, which I wasn't expecting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, they're they're trying desperately to get a hold of uh, uh Fredwin, and yes. they're confronted by Octavio who. Seems like a very nice guy, honestly. Mm-hmm. He's just like, hey guys, why don't you come and check out the shareholders meeting? You're already here. Let's let's hang out. Might as well. Might as well. And then that's when um she gets the call from Fredwin, who mm-hmm. I don't remember if you could hear his side in her episode, but he tells her to um grab a uh, a note yeah. out of uh Octavio's pocket yeah, any way mm-hmm. she can. I believe you can hear Fredwin. I think yeah. I'm pretty sure you can. I think so. So he's he's escaped the car. Yeah. Don't know don't know exactly where he is at this point. No, we, we find we find out pretty early on in his episode. But like, yeah, we all all we know is that from the perspective of our trio that try to rescue Fredwin, that hey, he's not in the trunk anymore. Somebody either let him out or he escaped or whatever, but he's able to call Janice and say, oh yeah, this I saw Octavio with this letter. You gotta pickpocket it. And boy, does she pickpocket it. <laughs> so, I, somehow. So, somehow. Also, while she's like super like taken aback by the whole VR experience, like I don't mm-hmm. know how she like was able to like collect herself and then be able to do that still. I know. It's pretty pretty remarkable. Pretty badass. Pretty badass Sally Fields. Yeah, so like at the, at the shareholders meeting, they're talking about um, some of uh, June's technological advancements, one of which being yeah. the ability with VR glasses to step back into a memory that was recreated through like Facebook photos. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. they already had everything planned. They knew they were going to pick Janice for this because they had constructed her wedding day. Right. 
right? It, it's all it it shows you the extent of like how much pre I don't know what the word pre search. I was about to say pre search. That's not a real word. <laughs> how much how much you know forward thinking Jejun is doing to construct this very specific event for Janus, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, they they they're Octavia is ultimately able to convince her. I want to talk about the like her trying to get his jacket trying to get the letter the first time where she's like i'm so cold it's really cold yeah <laughs> that's and and he's like it's uh it's like 64 we keep it at like 64 degrees because it's because it's great because <laughs> that's a good that's a good temperature and she's like oh, i just want i just want a coat because we know that that she wants to get this this letter oh, yeah. and then what is octavio say it's like, oh, go go sit out in the audience. Everybody in the audience gets a coat. And then you see everybody <laughs> in the audience with a coat. That's so good. Yeah. I like it. So, Very good. so good. Yeah, so she she's uh she's taken on stage and had this uh VR headset put on her and she's transported to the day of her wedding. She's walking through um and everything looks very lifelike. <clears throat> and she's like seeing people that she's like met uh in her past people that were at the wedding and she can't really interact with anybody because she's just like stepping through essentially like walking through it um but she ends up looking in the mirror and has a conversation with herself Mm -hmm. which so what did this conversation actually was this conversation programmed in the vr set or is this just happening in her own head I think it leaves it to the imagination mainly because you see Octavio tell the person who's running the simulation to turn mm-hmm. off the monitors on the stage so no one can see. So I guess I really I, I don't think... I don't know if there's ex- like evidence of that it was part of the simulation right. because we see in Fredwin's episode she comes back. So I mean I feel like it could be in her head, but they could have. At least, there may have been some AI technology that that they had created part of like the Jujun's technology to to right. be able to interact in some capacity. But I feel like it 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 could have gone. I don't know. It 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 could have gone it's, either way. It's interesting. This is where this is where they reveal to us or Janice reveals to the audience that she has done quaaludes in the past. So <laughs> perhaps she was on quaaludes right there. I I, I don't know. Yeah, young Janice was pretty badass. Well, I think that's actually kind of important that young Janice was like super adventurous and like fun loving, because it's like her character now is very like safe and conservative. Yeah, why don't we just go? Let's just go through the, that whole conversation because I think that's I think that's the biggest, most important part of the show. Because while it's whether it's made up and it's Janice. Janice is like subconscious talking to her. That's the the biggest conflict outside of anything that Jejun or the Elsewhere Society do. Like she's fighting herself in that conversation where she's she's looking her looking herself in the mirror as the the, the proverbial saying, and she sort of has to come to grips with her situation at life. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah. yeah, let's get let's get specific. I want to get down and dirty with it because she grows a lot through it. Yeah, it's really sad because it 
her younger self ends up berating her for the life that she lived because she ended up not doing the things that she wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, she like calls herself boring, and uh, I think that was a big thing, right? Like she she was just kind of like embarrassed to be her. Right, right. Her her younger self was embarrassed to be her older self. Right, right. right. And she's like, what what have you done? You you didn't do anything that we said we were gonna do. Mm-hmm. And then Janice shoots back saying, like, no, I had to adapt. I had to do what I had to do to survive because that's what it means to be an adult. Yeah. But, like, her younger self wasn't having any of it. Yeah, yeah. it was, like, just a really sad scene. And, like, everybody else looking just sees her going, like, no, no, on the on the stage. Mm-hmm. Just like kind of, Breaking like, down. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, because we, we don't really know, like, at least... Like like I said, when they shut the monitors off, like we don't even know if the audience can hear what young Janice is saying. Like I mm-hmm. think it makes it seem like when they kept panning back to Janice wearing the headset, it's just like you see her her reaction to what is being said to her. Right. It's like if there's no audio, like external audio that you can. It's like she's just like a uh-huh. like a mad woman on stage just screaming. Yeah. So. What is that supposed to like? Imagine that you're you're in the audience watching this woman. You you see the. The pictures, everything they put up to, to show you, they shut they shut the visual off, and then you watch this woman for five minutes, ten minutes, break down in front of you. You don't know what she's talking about, why she's saying no, 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 and then she takes the headset off, cries, and says thank you so much to this old man, gives him a hug, as if it's like the best thing to ever happen to her. But she's literally breaking into pieces on this stage i can't why why would you be interested in that i don't know i don't get it it's weird i mean i guess because she once you're immersed in that world that that you didn't know that you could pull from your subconscious like she she didn't really expect to ever be part of of that environment again like i mean obviously Mm -hmm. she has the pictures and stuff on facebook and she likes to reminisce but like being part of it and experiencing like live live motion and actual like getting to see people react to you like i don't think so maybe she was like fake thanking him just because it's like i know this was hard for me but it's like wow i needed that because yeah i'm living living alone now i mean i'm living semi-alone and it's just like i needed some kind of clarity to understand that I need to find my individuality again and not be, like, tied down to Lev, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah. Well, it's, a, it's good that you bring that up, individuality, because I, if I could find one through line for connecting the four characters, I think individualism is the biggest theme here, or lack thereof individualism, or the desire to be more individualistic. Um that's that's what's ringing out to me because if you look at peter he does the same thing every single day he's you know uh, a slave to his work and to his lifestyle and simone we know how she doesn't feel in her skin um while she's slowly developing that uh as we see at the end of her episode she's becoming a, a different person as a result of this whole thing we've got janice chained metaphorically to her husband's sickbed and you know before we talk about fredwin he has mentioned in his episode struggles with loneliness and always being the loner so 
I think individualism might be the the, the main theme, uh, at least thus far, until we continue down the road of the show. But I, 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 how do you guys see it? Well, I think it's also about the other side of the same coin, just loneliness. All of them are mm-hmm. lonely. That's true. I mean, Peter literally is just alone, has no friends, no family by the looks of it. Uh, Simone is very... Uh, she kind of like separates herself from like others because she feels like she can't uh, like hold up her end of like whatever bargain. Mm-hmm. Um, Janice is lonely because her husband, the only friend she's ever had, the person that she's stuck with forever now is in a co- uh, comatose state. Mm-hmm. And Fredwin flat out says that he's lonely in his yeah. episode. I mean, yeah. But all uh, like uh, the opposite. Wait, you said the other side of the same coin. As he, in, he's he's saying individualism versus loneliness. Wouldn't that? Well, because like individual, you, you think individuality is like a positive thing. Loneliness would be like the negative aspect of oh, individuality. I, I was taking right. it as like individual individuality, and then like community being the opposite. Mainly because the whole point of like this event is to bring together people to 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 find similarities in each other and then mm-hmm. become a gap, mm-hmm. be, become one entity to mm. have kind of this connection through finding either Clara or yourself or like oh. whatever it is that like this this peacefulness because like obviously the nonchalance and like you're trying to create this entire realm of happiness and like other other world mm-hmm. this i guess so i don't know that's kind of like yes i agree with the individuality like obviously this uh-huh. the last four episodes clearly point <clears throat> to that individuality and how each of them lived their life through this and before mm-hmm. so like now i would say going forward is all about like community and the four of them banning together mm-hmm. and like seeing how they progress mm-hmm. yeah I, I mean there there could be and we, we obviously we don't know what will happen I, I i think this is we're like jumping off the cliff into the great unknown uh with these upcoming episodes because we knew these first four were about these four main characters now how do they coalesce into a unit or what sort of yeah uh, what sort of divisions are going to become apparent i, I don't know i i I feel like they are closer together as a result of everything that happens in these two episodes. Uh, so I agree with you about the, the community aspect, Angelo. But I, I don't know what to what extent is is going to come of, of this because I still don't know if I believe that Clara is real or not. Well, have you, did either of you watch the preview for next episode? I did. I did not. No, I oh. saw like the the end of the episode preview, but not like the the trailer. Yeah, okay. I, we don't we don't need to to dig too deep into it. No, no, no. I know, but like as far as what what's what going forward, I mean, obviously, I think that mm-hmm. the next one will be focused mainly on Clara, so we're gonna get a lot more insight onto that. But as far Correct. as the four of them as a group in the like in this community of themselves, mm-hmm. like they're mm-hmm. yes, we're going into the unknown as far as how them them as a community is going to mm-hmm. like impact their view on everything but sure. 
yeah, it's, it's definitely going to get more complex through each character's eyes. And I think that maybe each episode moving forward is going to have a view of each. Like, I think they're going to cram all four mm. characters into each episode. Like, have like mm. 15 minute, maybe 15 blocks. minute sections. Yeah, I think that'd be cool if they did it that way. Like, kind of their view, each each view in an episode based upon like the final product of whatever is going to happen yeah i i I mean as much as i want as much as i want that uh, i i hope it's not so i don't want it to be formulaic i don't want it to be like here's your 15 minutes with fred oh yeah yeah i want the opportunity to to sit in a certain character for longer now that they're have all been introduced i would i would really like i would really like them to like start i don't know all these different subjectivities to coalesce into one through line because now that they're kind of trusting each other more as a group you'd think like their thought processes would like start to become more similar so so why don't we why don't we polish off the end of this this janice episode because i think there's a couple more things that that i want to hit on Do do you guys do you guys have anything that you want to point out at least after how how after she I guess theme, time-wise, chronologically, she she takes the headset off and she cries to to Octavio. But there are there are, are definitely more things to talk about with how the that episode closes out. Oh yeah, absolutely. So the um, Elsewhere Society barges in mm-hmm. with Commander Fourteen. Yes, it's Which the first time we see him. It's not the same person. It's not Octavio. Yeah. Sadly enough, well, while it sounds like Octavio, and it might be played by the same actor, just out of you know how they do that sure. movie magic, sure. but uh, yeah, I guess they are two different opposing forces, whether it's part of the game or not. Which it is part of the game in the general sense. See, I'm using the words that I don't want to use. But uh, yeah. yes, the, the, the Elsewhere Society is here, and they're weird, and they're cool, and it's like Rocky Horror Picture Show. And... Yeah, the one, the one guy has a slap machine. That yeah, was man, he's funny. got a slap machine. <laughs> and it's just got... a bunch of hands on a, like, a wheel with a crank, mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's just going around slapping people with it. Bubble guns, and like all sorts of air horns, and fire streamers, extinguish- fire extinguishers under mm-hmm. all the seats. Angela, yeah. did you see your 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 guy that you've worked with? Was he there? The the pig holding man? Yes, the extra that I, I've worked with. Yes, he was in the audience. Or he, no, nice. he wasn't in the audience. He was in the Elsewhere Society. He barged in. I did. I did get a nice him. classic. But yeah, so they're just they just kind of like run away after that out the side yeah. door. Yeah, they're like, oh, we're fighting. We're fighting now. But like, no one no one throws a punch. No one does anything to hurt anybody. It's just like, here's a weird Dutch angle. And all sorts of stuff on your screen, and people laughing and yelling, and yeah, that's that's war. This is war. <laughs> that's how World War Three will be fought. War is hell, man. War is absolute hell. I wouldn't want to be a part of that. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. <laughs> oh my god! But so yeah, they're they leave and they finally meet up with Fredwin, who's been off yeah. having his adventure. Mm-hmm. In a dark, dark alleyway. In a dark alleyway, and he's just like, 
they're the same thing. Shijun and Elsewhere Society are the same mm-hmm. thing. Because mm-hmm. f- uh, he found the uh, the script. Yes. Script. Which was a little... I don't know. I wasn't expecting them to like drop that information so quickly. Mm-hmm. Like It's only the third episode, and they're like, oh yeah, it's n- none of this is real. It's all a game. Right. Uh, or it's all something. Yeah, it's all I, something. I, I mean, obviously... I'm I'm in the camp that it like it was a placed script that like he wanted him to find. Oh my god! Yeah, the layers. Yep. Uh, yep. I, yep. That, I mean that's that's where I was going like immediately. I I I get it. Just seemed too quick for him to be like, oh yeah, no, this isn't real. Like he, it just it kind of led to. It, it just it it made it seem like all three of the others, like uh, Peter, Simone, and Janice, like they were all just like put down, like, oh. Like it's is this the end? Like it like it just felt weird. So I, I I felt that it wasn't supposed to be like completely scripted. But well, cause cause Janice, Simone, and Peter think that they get kicked out. I mean, they get thrown out of the door yeah. by some bodyguards, some muscle, and they're like, "You're you're done." Yeah, that's it. Even though it's it's all just part of the the sitch. They're like, "Did we did we lose? Are we out of the game?" <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that that is the line. Who does it? Is that what Peter says? Peter or? says that. Yeah. Did we just lose? Sad. Poor poor guy. Poor guy. Who I I would like to add shows a little growth in this episode because when Janice is breaking down, he's like, "I don't like this. This is not good." And instead of letting you know being anxious and staying behind the scenes where he is situated, he's like, "I'm gonna go out there and I'm gonna you know make sure my friend's doing okay." So like, good for Peter. Yeah, I, I gotta applaud him. He, I mean, he even he showed growth in Redwin's episode as well, but that's mm-hmm. for, for later. Mm-hmm. It was for later. Uh, yeah, so it's all a game, and uh, oh, it's not all a game. We don't know, but it's all yeah. scripted as far as we know so far. I mean, honestly, this could have all been scripted too. Like, they could definitely be part of the game still. Oh, could yes. Definitely, this, this could have been part of what was supposed to happen. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, that's, this, this is when, you know, despite Fredwin explaining it to everybody, they, the, you know, Simone and Peter and Janice sort of feel bad about the whole situation. They're like, let's, let's call it. And Fredwin's like, no, we have to go now. It, he's got this voracious appetite to solve this thing, crack this case. And they're like, no, no, dude, we'll do it tomorrow. Uh, Janice is like, I got to go home. It's been a long day. I just talked to myself in the mirror for 20 minutes and cried on stage in front of a bunch of people. Um, ultimately, Fredwin caves, gets ready to, to go back home. Uh, we'll get into it more in his episode. But then, yes, we, we get the reveal or not reveal, if you, however you felt, uh, that Lev is still living with her in his state. And... The strangest thing I think that has happened in the entire show that I was like yelling at the screen, sad clown boy. Yeah, I was legitimately terrified by that. That was horrible. <laughs> What's the deal? That shot. So, so if we can describe that shot, it's like Janice is in the living room, Lev is in his bed, and the camera keeps panning out through a series of doors. And then, like, shifts to a window, and there's a face looking in her window. And it's not like a monster or like a grown man. It is a boy. It's a little boy. With, ma- with, a cl- with clown makeup on, a single tear. 
and I, is frowning. And that's I, it. I, that's that was it. End of the episode. I honestly, what does it mean? I, I, I had a possible theory. I don't. I think it's pretty far fetched, and I don't know how much like weight it has. But I do remember Janice mentioning a son. Yes, and but she's old, so it, it ain't a, it ain't a tiny boy. She unless, she also said that he lives in like Albuquerque with his family. Unless she's making all this up for like to make herself feel better talking to other people about her life mainly because she knows that yes she's living a, like a very sad lonely life with her husband pretty much comatose and like she just wants to she's ma- like making this up in her mind that she has this son that she could have lost or mm, I don't dead know boy. I don't know I'm just that was like something that I thought about earlier today I was like I'm trying. Like, I was trying to remember Janice's episode, and obviously that stuck out pretty, pretty heavily, just because it was like the literally the yeah. last scene. Mm-hmm. So I just I was thinking about it a little bit more, and I was like, I don't know, maybe like maybe it has some significance to her in particular. Maybe not like the Jejun Institute, but who knows? Maybe it could, and it's just some creepy boy like stalking like the <laughs> the contestants or these four to like give yeah. info to Octavia or who the knows, clown but. master. It was definitely Cl- a creepy uh, clown master, sad boy, and in charge of the whole thing. Yeah, well, what if what if it is just like the manifestation of her like deceased child, and like that's what put her and Lev over the edge in that one segment of the timeline where they were having the spat. That'd be oh. pretty. That'd be pretty spicy. Yeah. I don't know if this this uh, show has the maturity to go down that that lane though. <laughs> We've got six more episodes to find Jesus out. Jesus Christ, six still? It feels I like we're like six, almost right? at the end. <laughs> it feels like it feels like we're we're reaching a peak, but it could be just a a classic jejun elsewhere pull away and like oh yeah, this is a this is like a tiny hill compared to the mountain that they're gonna climb. Uh, in later season or the rest of this season, I don't know. We don't know. We don't know. So yeah, that's the end of Janice's episode. Yes. Um, so I think let's we can rewind time a little bit, jump back into uh, what Fred Wynn's been up to. Absolutely. Excited to talk about this one. Yeah, this one was really cool for a lot of reasons. Mm-hmm. Like the the way that they kind of um integrated the animation in this one was super cool. Uh you're going to have to you're going to have to ring you ring it does not ring a bell to me. You're going to have to bring that up. Okay, so it was when in the memory palace. Oh, yes, the memory palace because he's a Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. Well, yeah, Fred when <laughs> we find out that he's I mean, we always knew he was pretty smart, but he's straight up genius. Graduated Brown at nineteen years old. Yes, he's very—he's hella rich, hella woke. Yeah, well, he—he he wanted. He said he made his first million at like twenty or something like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so he's just a straight up fucking genius. Doesn't sleep, doesn't eat. Yes, because he's, his mind is always working. Well, yes. he, do, he does uh, in in does indulge in some kind of powder 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> that we have no idea what it is. What is it? Does he call it? He calls it uh, effectiveness or something like that. Uh, yeah. So, or, or like productivity. I don't. I don't know. Efficiency. Efficiency. That's it. That's it. Uh, so yeah, he, I, I'm, I'm assuming he just takes all of his meals in that powder. Probably. <laughs> all yeah, of this his is like a, so- a soylent based diet, or that's not soylent. Uh, <laughs> yeah, a, pro- a shake based diet. Yeah. Cool. A cool guy. Uh, that's we learn all of that up front pretty much about about fred uh this guy's this guy's pretty cool he's had a lot of success in his life he's had a lot of cars one of which that was porcelain i don't know how that works it was a bugatti we never (laughs) see it he sold it because he doesn't like cars i guess i don't know let's see mentioned something about not liking cars yeah no he he he's uh he's an eccentric guy and he's really cool, and that's that's why I love him. Well, what's the what's what's sort of let's sort of dig in. Um, I guess we do want to do we want to even. I guess we should talk about what was going on during Janice's episode. Why we never we don't see Fred win until the end. What what's he what's he getting himself into? We sort of allude to it multiple times. Right. So he uh, he gets found in the back of the car by Octavio, and is just kind mm-hmm. of like thrown in a closet and locked in there hmm. and he yeah. he makes like this little invention yeah. uh and unlocks the door he's like he uses like a bunch of ropes and like a clothes hanger or something like that and just like throws it through the uh like the vents of the door and just mm-hmm. opens the door from the outside the guy's a fucking genius a real macgyver yeah a real violet uh baudelaire Mm, okay yeah <laughs> i can it, it tracks it tracks he's like all the baudelaire kids he even bites anyway he even bites mm-hmm. oh he bites uh so that's when that's when he sees like the the woman there's like a woman that hands him wait a minute yeah that woman that hands him the note that hands octavio the note was that mm-hmm. the same woman at the house it was the same woman at the house fuck Correct. okay cool yeah yeah holy shit okay Anyway. Um, yes, Octavio's getting a note passed, and Fred wins out of the out of his closet prison. But it was the note that that Janice pickpocketed. It was yes, the, yes, yeah. the same note, the same yeah, note, the same that note. Janice the, the ends lady, up getting yeah, the one that. Yes, correct. Uh, it, do we do we know what the deal is with the? Has he, did he open the note? I can't I can't recall. Um, did they even address that? Was that a? Thing? The note was the address to that house. Was or no, no, no. It was. No. Um, it was like a list of something, right? It was like a list of. Uh, a list. Because that's how he found out the woman's house. Because there was like the PO box. Like he like. Oh. It was like a yeah. list of like shell corporations or something like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, you got it. You got it. Right. It's. It was. It was a. Uh, yeah. You. I think so. Right. Good. Yeah. No. It, it was. It was. Um, he sort of. It's sort of like he thinks. I think he thinks of it as. So we what we get into with Fred Wynn's episode is he's he's kind of trying to break the game for lack of a better term. He's thinking like so far ahead, so many steps forward, so outside of the box that he's like trying to. If you if you're like it's like when you're in the video game and you find the edge of 
the the universe or whatever the edge of the, the situation or like if you're in gta and you just keep swimming in the water to get as far away from the place as you can and then you just sort of fall off into eternity that's what fred Wynn's trying to do he's trying to find like the seam of where this is and just sort of tear it so that he knows the source or can like figure out the source whether he succeeds in that he he doesn't ultimately um but he sort of he sort of chisels away at it yeah i mean he he wants to find clarity like almost immediately just because i mean we we not clara not clara clarity Clarity. yes Mm -hmm. i mean because because we find we find out like that he did work in big data and like Mm -hmm. he's very analytical about like the answers and that he he, he knows that something is up and that like everything leads to somewhere and that's like the note that he got talking about the shell corporations and, mm-hmm. um, and the address that he ends up finding later on in the episode and yeah everything leads to somewhere and he's just like on this relentless mission yeah and, yeah yeah so he um he ends up going up to like the the stage manager to try to like find the the script for the show Mm-hmm. Um, and he ends up finding it, so everything is pretty much planned out. Even the Elsewhere Society barging in was part of the plan yeah. because they accidentally did that too early when uh hmm. when uh Fredwin was fucking around upstairs. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. she said something to him, and then she's like, "No, no, not you guys, not you guys." And then the uh, Elsewhere Society busts in. <laughs> uh, he did another great little co- comedic uh, event. You know, Fredwin just being where he's not technically supposed to tries to you know uh pawn himself off as an intern (laughs) to this stage manager woman he's like i'm just an intern i'm just here watching so he can get his eyes on the script or on the screen Uh, but there really was an intern (laughs) the intern's like i'm the intern you're like 40 man (laughs) (laughs) i'm just trying to trying to help i was going to pick up some kombucha for this this aggressive woman and uh Ultimately, both interns, Fredwin and real intern boy, who is goes unnamed, get fired because <laughs> of their uh, mess up. Pretty good, pretty good uh, situation. Poor intern. Fredwin yeah, doesn't poor, give a shit. Fred no, an absolutely asshole. not. And Fredwin got what he wanted. He got the script, even He's, though it turns out that that wasn't the real detail that he should have been paying attention to. But we'll 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 get to that down the road. Um, I want to take a detour, and I, I found it interesting that um, after Octavio let him out of the car, um, Octavio refers to, and I guess this is like lore building, I think, or may, maybe I misheard it, he refers to Fredwin as hardcore, like a hardcore, as in somebody that takes this too seriously. So we know to the extent that the other, the seriousness that the others are taking to it, they're not labeled this hardcore. Fredwin is like the hardcore. I guess I guess Octavio's kind of annoyed that Fredwin is so into the details. But I would imagine there has to be other there have to be other players, I say with air quotes, in the game that are similar to Fredwin, but maybe not to the true extent. But like that brings up this concept of a hardcore. And I think that's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, now, what if they knew exactly how Fredwin was going to play this? Like, mm. I don't believe for a second that they're surprised that, like, Fredwin was 
able to like figure all this out on his own. I mm-hmm. still I do think that this is part of like the the larger narrative that the Jujun slash the Elseworlds Society is trying to create, whoever they might be. And absolutely, uh, I mean, Fredwin believes that they're like an Illuminati like mm-hmm. type organization. Because, yeah. like, while he was in Big Daddy, he says that, like, he noticed that, like, um, the the people who were, like, owning everything were getting smaller and smaller and smaller until it became, like, a one group of people. And mm-hmm. that one group of people was the Jejun Institute. Yeah, dude. So Big he's data. Like, he's like, this isn't, this isn't, like, this isn't a game. This isn't, like, real life, so to speak. It's just mm-hmm. these very powerful people trying to consolidate their power even more. Illuminati confirmed. Angela, what's your take? I mean, we see toward the end um, Redwin becoming more apathetic for the the other players and starts to kind of give in and understand where they're coming from. And I feel like apathetic or empathetic. Empathetic. Did I say that? Yeah, empathetic. Yeah, yeah, I gotcha. He, he becomes like a softy toward the end, and he definitely feels he feels for the way that Janice is understanding this whole thing, mm-hmm. and he, he kind of he he understands that they're in this for different reasons, and that he takes that into account. Um, so he definitely he definitely grows toward the end, but when he yeah, like when like you said with the hardcore, it it definitely I feel like that was part of the reason why he was placed with this group because he's. The, the most hardcore out of the four and obviously Octavio wanted that and is, is building him as a character mm-hmm. around these other softer characters to, to get him to that level and kind of enjoy this entire experience as a whole but yeah yeah uh, so so we have we have mentioned a handful of times um, this address that they get to and this is where I to, to allude to what I I talked about or what I alluded to in the past with the him trying to break the game. They go to this woman's address that's like sort of off the book that Fredwin is just sort of able to thinking X amount of steps ahead assume is like this woman that is so influential to the situation. And it is the very same woman that handed the letter to... Um, Octavio that gets um, that gets stolen by by Janice, but let's talk about that because something pretty interesting happens here, and there's definitely it definitely brings a bridges a little divide between the um, the group as a whole, or puts a little crack in their in their connection to one another. Not that they're a very coherent group as it is, but Fredwin goes a little. Goes a little nutso, uh, but it's justified. Right. So, like, he they get there thinking that it was just going to be like another clue, that it was mm-hmm. just they didn't really know what to expect. But they knock on the door and a little girl answers. Mm-hmm. And they're just like, a little girl. and they're just kind of like thrown off. They're like, uh, what? So she just kind of like awkwardly closes the door when they didn't like introduce themselves. <laughs> and so they knock on the door again, and her mother walks out, and she's like, "Can I help you?" And that's when Fredwin's just like, I know what you are. I know what you guys are doing. And she's like, I don't know what mm-hmm. you're doing. I don't know what you're talking about. Get the hell out of here. I'm going to call the cops. Yeah. So like everybody else is like, come on, we just got, we got to go. This is ridiculous. Let's get out of here. And as like, they're like 
pulling Fredwin away, she looks at him dead in the eye and tells him, mm-hmm. Shh. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy, that was so good. <laughs> but nobody saw it. Nobody saw it. A single person. Mm-mm. Well, you know, there's, like, a really interesting thing that they were doing in this episode where they're doing this awesome, like, split-screen thing. So, like, mm-hmm. you can see... They did it when he was breaking out of the uh, the con- confines of the closet. Um, yeah. They, did it, they do it here, too, so you can see, like him being dragged away and mm-hmm. her doing it like her her doing it and his reaction at the same time yeah. and that's something that we didn't really see in uh the other episodes and i think it just kind of like drives home this point that like his mind is always like looking at all the details at the same time um it's like yeah it's a, it was a really really cool uh, effect that they were doing for that but yeah so like they drag him away and they're just like dude i don't want i don't want to do this anymore like that wasn't cool that wasn't fun <laughs> Right, right. We just got really aggressive with that woman. This totally innocent woman who's probably not innocent. Absolutely not. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so they're they're just kind of out of it now. Even Janice, she's like, I gotta Mm -hmm. go. I gotta go home. Yeah, it leaves on a a similar note to the night before or however many nights before when they're leaving the the Jejun shareholders meeting that, like, they're all just sort of like, nah. I got this bad feeling. Let's let's reconvene tomorrow, uh, which they do, but uh, they don't. They reconvene that night. Oh, that's this is true. This is true because because Fredwin has an agenda, and Fredwin cannot be stopped. He cannot sleep. He's got he's got his own plan. Yeah. So he also, he, ha- he also hasn't slept in two nights, as we find out. <laughs> no, he has not slept in two days. Uh, the poor, the poor man. But y- y- you wouldn't know it. At least I wouldn't know it because he's still he's pretty wired and he's still incredibly sharp. He thrives. Oh, absolutely. He thrives on the lack of sleep. But yeah, so like he he's like, no, I missed something. I know I missed something. So he goes back to the tower theater. Yeah. Back back into the closet where he has mm-hmm. this really really cool weird like brain blast moment. Oh yes, oh yes, the Sherlock Holmes of it all, except not a real mind palace in the same sense that there's a little room, but like a void. He he's got a void, and everything goes UV, and it's really cool. Yeah, and so his memory palace is like super detailed. Yes, which they refer to as a memory palace. We're we're not com- we're not using this, taking that from anything else. He says, "I gotta go into my mind palace." <laughs> and sure enough he does yeah so he was able to like traverse everything and like walk through the the events of the day before mm-hmm. uh while sitting in this closet um, yeah he goes he goes back upstairs he's like i know i missed something so he's like upstairs in the uh, video booth where he like stole the script before and he's like, I know I missed something. I know I missed something. Where was it? And then he's looking at the screen. He's like, there it is. And then like glowing mm-hmm. was one of the tags on the gifts inside right. the VR experience that Janice was uh, having. Absolutely nuts. Absolutely nuts. Like how he can just, how he can put this or figure this, this out is, is crazy to me. There seems like so many layers to connect and it really shows me as the audience even though i know that it's a written script for this tv show it still felt like oh my god that like such a detail that's so small like how do you do it pretty wild yeah it's so cool i mean they did it so well too and mm-hmm. andre andre benjamin is 
I'm surprised how good of an actor he was. I mean, has he acted yes. in anything? Has he acted in anything before this? Dude, Class of 3000, the cartoon. Oh. <laughs> I, I mean, he's he was voice acting and he was playing instruments the whole time. But uh, he was good in that. Yes, I watched he was. that. I watched that show. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, he just like sells it. He's so good. I was I was laying in bed uh, after watching this episode and being like, "All right, about to go into the Mind Palace." <laughs> I was like, I want to do it exactly. I want it to be exactly like Fredwin, and I was just like thinking of details of things and being like, like trying to walk around them in my mind, and I'm like, I think I'm doing it, but <laughs> not quite to the same extent that he or Janice, who gets to do it too later in the episode, uh, yeah. does it. And you I thought it. that was so cool that scene. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So like he he immediately after that goes. Oh wait, what were we gonna say, Angela? I'm sorry. No, yeah, we I, got earlier. You, you had said that like yes, it's Fredwin who says like that's what he called it as the mind palace. But didn't he mention mm-hmm. um, the book? Uh, I think I think he it was some, he something to do with like Einstein. I think it was um, mm. a book that he read talking about like he he that's how he described it to Janice. So going into when we when, oh, we, yeah. when we talk with Janice, he he talks to her about. Oh, I just read this book, um, something having to do with Einstein, and talked about <laughs> this mind palace to kind of convince her that it wasn't some crazy notion because he does show up at her house at yeah like probably ten plus o'clock. I I would later. save it later. Yeah. I'd say like like midnight. I don't know how. Who knows how long it's been because we don't know where he lives. I I assume he's somewhere in the city. So he goes home and comes back to the Tower Theater to lock himself in the closet again to go through the whole situation in and, his brain. And there was a cutscene of the tr- of a train. So like I I didn't. Yeah, hey, he's hopping on the train. I, I was could, thinking that too. Yeah, I couldn't put together like where he lived and how he got to the tower so quick. I mean, granted, we don't really know. Like we don't have like time as a perspective really because there's no like mm-hmm. timestamps. But yeah, it, it was a, it was an odd because his apartment was. I mean, top notch. Like it's like oh, it absolutely two two stories, if not more. I mean, he he had a pretty decked out place. I mean, he he is a millionaire, so mm-hmm. I would expect as much. For sure, for sure. Um, yeah, yeah. Andrew, c- continue with with uh, with where you were going. Right. So he he then takes his uh, his new information over to Janice because he wants her to be able to. Uh, to tell him what was on that note right so he goes over and then they have this really sweet moment where like he doesn't really know what he like so he he meets lev who's of course in this coma and like they have this moment where he's just like oh i'm sorry like that it's really awful that this happened mm-hmm. and it's the, like the, the- the body language is is so powerful there because he's he's like crossing his arms, folding his hands, kneading like both of his hands together, and you're like, man, he he is so convincing in how uncomfortable he is when he sees this guy because he knows nothing about Janice, like literally nothing. They know nothing about each other until now, and it's like, bang, this big revelation for him. He's just, he also just doesn't know what to do because he's not used to situations like this because his mm-hmm. mind is so analytical. Like, he has an answer yeah. for everything. And, the, and when he finally has to deal with, like, this very human thing, it's just like, I don't know what to do here. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. not a people person. Really. Not at no. all. I mean, one of the things he says is, like, you should have told the group about this. 
because mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, he yeah. thought it would have been like good information for the group to have, not like even thinking about her or how she would feel about that. Right, for sure. So it's just like it was a really nice, powerful scene, just telling us like how he like deals with these this information and uh, right. these feelings that he has. And the way they convey it is so mundane. I mean, he just walks into the house and and Janice is like, "Oh, this is Lev," you know. He, he's he's here and and you know you see fred win like oh oh my gosh like i'm sorry and all that and and that's what ultimately drives them into having this opening up to one to one another whether fred win wanted to or not he is finally willing to and he says that he's he's not that open to give a little more about his background things that because he's so driven in the details uh, he doesn't want to, I guess, give anybody trivial information about himself. That's why we hear we only hear about like, I graduated from Brown. I I made a million dollars when I was twenty one. I owned a bunch of cars because I had a lot of money. So like, this is stuff that because these are assets that they can use in the game. But he has no reason to tell the rest of the group when they were sitting in in the diner together that like he's longest heterosexual relationship was three weeks. Like that, that's, that's not privy to anything that they're, they're working on, but he's compelled by what Janice is giving to him in this situation to reveal that side of himself to, to her. And I think that's a really powerful intimate scene uh, between the two of them. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, they, they have this nice conversation and then they move on. He wants to, get her to remember that experience as much as she can the experience Mm -hmm. of uh of the wedding and the vr um simulation so that he can get her to tell him what's on the note yeah and so it they do this really cool thing where like it takes her a while to to be able to enter her memory palace she's laughing while he's trying to get her to (laughs) to meditate it's pretty good um but then they're both in this like black room and uh yeah so like this is inside her mind they're both in this black room and she's like starting to remember a little bit piece by piece and Mm -hmm. when they finally get to like the pile of gifts that the the tags on she's like having trouble reading it and then that's Mm -hmm. when her younger self comes in and she's like oh i can read this for you Mm-hmm. And then they have like they have like this this uh, other confrontation where she's like, "Oh, I thought you didn't like me." And she's like, "Yeah, but we still are each other. Like we like mm-hmm. I'm still with you." <laughs> right. I can't, you know, disassociate from from who I was in the past. Yeah, and so like she ends up helping, which is nice. So you have young Janice who is reading the note to older Janice who is then mm-hmm. relaying that information to uh Fredwin. Mhm. And so while this is happening, we can see <clears throat> we can see the actual note and what it actually looks like. Yeah. And so why don't we, why don't you describe the note a little bit? Yeah, Angelo, how about what do you, what do you got? Um, it sort of it sort of manifests itself as they as they continue to describe it, which is a really cool way of conveying it. Yeah, I mean, it all it all um, kind of dwells into the one scene of the wedding when there is a. Ba- a, a table full of presents and mm-hmm. on one of those presents is a gift tag or right. some kind of uh, tag that has um, 
a specific set of, I guess, clues in, in a mm -hmm. sense that, that the Jejun Institute had probably placed um, in, mm -hmm. in the video or the VR experience that she, uh, she was Janice was experiencing. Right. Um, and on that note, we see um, what seemed to be, what were on the corners? They flowers. were the flowers. They were like, yeah. yeah, they were like leaves or, or flowers. Um, mm -hmm. And on each corner had a different number of flowers. So Janice mm -hmm. um, rattles them off from top left, top right, bottom right, and bottom left. I think mm -hmm. that was the order. Mm -hmm. And then on the front middle of the card was, um, I believe it was sun. Yeah, sun. Rain, no snowflake, snow, so snowflake, mm -hmm. and then a, a a leaf, like a yeah, it was, yeah. So it just signified the the seasons. Uh, uh huh. Well, we it, we didn't. I mean, we don't. Know I that. didn't necessarily jump to that, but they didn't. They didn't. It wasn't like Dora the Explorer where they're like, "Can you figure out what it all means?" Because yeah. Fredwin, you know, being a genius, is just like, "Bang!" I know so, it automatically. So, so during all of this, as we're as we're looking, so it. It goes actually back to what Andrew was talking about. It goes to a split screen of the tag and um, Fredwin on the left. Kind of, I don't, I don't know if it was a split screen. Was it a split screen? So it wasn't. It was. It wasn't a split screen. You had. It was a black space. The mm -hmm. three of them there: Fredwin, Old Janice, Young Janice. Okay. Mm -hmm. On top, you see the actual card and what it looks like, and then above. Fredwin, you see what he thinks that the card looks like mm -hmm. because he can't see it. He's just being told the yeah. information. It's just right. all, so, these, all these bubbles of like information and numbers and, and, and yeah, just try. He's trying to piece it all together with his mind and trying to make it seem, make, trying to make it make sense. And essentially, as soon as Janice reads everything, um, it takes him not even like a minute, and he just says. Yeah. He's going. He go. He goes full Rain Man or Zach Galifianakis in Hangover. <laughs> however you want to say it, but it's it's so cool because that like black background is like a canvas to convey this idea that is just popping up in in Fredwin's head. It, it was really really something special. I think. Yeah. Oh my God. It was hands down the coolest scene so far in the show. You get to actually see how Fredwin's mind is working. Mm -hmm. in this situation and how he's like associating these essentially random bits of information that Janice is giving him yeah, and how he's like deriving meaning from that and it turns mm -hmm. out that like it actually does mean something and like just, just the fact that like you have to go from Fredwin to Janice who he's talking to directly and then from Janice into the figment of her imagination who can actually mm -hmm. read it so it's like this mm -hmm. three-way like mind within a mind within a mind type thing, yeah. Which is just insane. And like to to think that like this was all planned by the <laughs> by the Jejun Institute is crazy to me, and why I think it's like my my top theory right now. Mm. How they planned all of this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Great stuff. But ultimately, they crack the case. Yeah, it ends up being like. Like three one two four Spring Street or something like that. So he he gathered like the the symbols meant spring. Um, he he counted each flower like each number of flowers in the corner. Um, right. Read read the number of the address. Right. And so they're like, oh great, it's up in Fishtown. Let's go. 
Yeah. And yeah. so they oh, fish, good old fish town. We're back <laughs> to fish town. So they they go and they like pick up Peter and Simone again, who are like kind mm-hmm. of like, uh, I don't I don't really want to go out right now. It's late yeah, at night. <laughs> they have to be convinced, which is kind of crazy, considering like what what Simone and Peter both in their respective episodes are like itching to play whenever they get the chance. Like, why? What do you? Do you I, have a, I, a theory as to why? I, I mean, I totally understand why they were apprehensive. I mean, mainly because the last interaction that all four of them had was him, like, harassing this woman on, in an yeah. apartment building. So they're, yeah. they're like, I don't want to trust you right now until you get, like, until we all, until we all come down with, a, like, a piece of information that makes sense and fits in with the Institute. Like, he just went rogue, and mm-hmm. he, he, he wanted them to trust him. And it ended poorly. So going to their house at, say, midnight, they're like, are you kidding me? No, I didn't receive any phone mm. call or any information mm-hmm. that says we have to go here. So why, why right. should I believe you? So that's why they're very apprehensive. And, and remember, Fredwin has to lie to them. He says, oh, we got another clue. Right. Well, Janice, Janice also says, look, it's, it's me. I, I, it's my fault. I'm here. I'm the reason. You know, I, she's protecting Fredwin because... She, I she's, guess you're right. She was she was convinced because she she I think she's convinced now that it's a conspiracy along with Fredwin because hell yeah because that's not that wasn't part of the game supposedly or I mm-hmm. think that she definitely feels for him more than she did earlier in the game mainly because she, he opened up to her and so she's definitely taking some of the fall because they weren't they weren't as compatible as, as a partner group than yeah, and Peter oh, have yeah. been and so I feel like. She was she was playing along with him, and that's why he becomes softer because he opened up and like she, he kind of gave in to let Janice explain to uh, Jan- Janice explained to Simone that they, she needed to come and help us so that we could all do this together. And then they ended up going to Peter's, and, and then that's how Simone, because Simone and Peter had this already like kind of this this developed relationship, Simone convinces Peter to to come and. Um, with mm-hmm. the help of uh, with uh, Peter or with Janice and uh, Fredwin in the background, so. mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So yeah, then they they go, they all gather and they go to uh, the address, which mm-hmm. like they're all like, uh, "Do we knock on the door again?" That didn't really work out <laughs> great last time. <laughs> and there's like this weird hole in the ground that they're all jumping over. Don't understand why they couldn't just walk around it, but they're all jumping over this hole in the ground. Uh huh. And then Fredwin like steps on it yeah not so whole because it ain't a hole it's, a, it's like a drawing or a forced perspective yeah it's mm-hmm. optical illusion. yep just a drawing so they they open it up and it's like this little door that goes into the yeah. basement that's mm-hmm. where the that's where the episode ends and that's where it all ends and now we've we've finally laid out our four characters and their situation and now they're they've come to grips with uh an episode that we is going to be Clara heavy, uh, which makes sense. Why it's in Fishtown because you know she loves Fishtown. So but, uh, <laughs> is that where? Do you think that's where Clara is? It's in the no, basement. No, I don't think she's there. I okay. don't think she is anywhere. You don't think she exists? I don't want her to exist. I think. I think that's what I don't. That's what I want. <laughs> I don't know. I, I would. Know. I would like for her to exist, but like be a part of like Jejun Institute or something like that. Hmm. But, like, it just doesn't make sense to me yet why the Jejun Institute would do something like this. I don't... 
if it don't know if for any reason other than like they just want people to have fun and meet meet other people right if they're just genuinely good people that are just like oh yeah we we just want y'all to hang out yeah gen- genuinely good people that lock people in closets and force them to have like these horrible <laughs> mm-hmm. talk conversations with themselves and send chocolate milk drinking old men after them yeah it, that 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 wraps it up i i would so what did what were some of the themes that we talked about in our first episode do, do you feel like um do you feel like gentrification was on the menu for this one no true not really no so that's sort of dialed back that's di- definitely dialed back um mm-hmm. i mean i i didn't think that that that's what they were they were going towards i think like yeah. they were just kind of using the the history of the neighborhood as like a backboard of the story mm-hmm. yeah they just like that's fair on it. yeah which i mean like you know I, I would like for them to kind of like talk about it a little bit but that's not what the show is about right right um we i mean we hit on individualism and uh loneliness uh, are, are there any other jarring themes that 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 spoke to you guys after you know either regarding these two episodes separately or the four episodes as a whole i think like that's definitely the the most that they've like talked about thematically i yeah Yeah. as far as the past four episodes yeah i think those four those definitely individuality and and loneliness definitely played a part Mm -hmm. in each each episode but i think going forward like i like i touched on like with community and camaraderie and, and kind of togetherness mm-hmm. i think that'll probably be the rest of or the rest of their journey at least we'll assume, at least i assume is maybe that's where it's heading and maybe we'll get to kind of see how each individuality plays into the growth of each mm-hmm. character and how they become a, like a a group of friends and that group of yeah. like, the community of the people of elsewhere or the society. Oh, well, but that's the thing. I don't know. Like we talked about this in the first in the first one when they get the the blue and the uh, is it saffron? Is that the color? Yeah, the blue, blue yeah, and the saffron. Blue, blue and saffron. Uh, when they get the two envelopes and you know Peter and Simone want to go to the Elsewhere Society gathering and Janice and. Fredwin want to go to the Jejun Institute shareholders meeting and we know they spent all day with Jejun and the other two spent all day with elsewhere. It's very clear that there is still this divide between the two because based on their the way they process things, I think Janice and uh, Fredwin are more pragmatic in their methodology, whether or not that's pragmatism that's being placed onto Janice because she is partnered with Fredwin so closely. Uh, I could, I could have seen her leaning more toward what the other two were doing. Granted, she originally believed it's a hoax and now she seems like she's all in on the conspiracy aspect, but like Peter and Simone are still all about this spiritualistic, like bewilderment situation. I mean, don't, I don't know if this is if this is true or not, but I don't think they mentioned the word nonchalance at all in either of these two episodes because that's like a concept that's geared in what Peter and Simone were doing, which is why their two episodes were connected. Now I don't, I didn't see that with the Fredwin and the Janice episode, 
maybe we'll get into that in a future situation. But again, I just think there's this there's this chasm between that, that might they might be further apart than than would let on, and that's why we didn't see so much of the other two. I mean, I I think that that line though that that line that it's still so divided kind of breaks at the very end when they do open the hole. Yeah. And I, mean, I agree. I, I feel like that was just kind of the moment where you see all four of them together looking inward and noticing mm-hmm. that this, because I mean that was that was very much like the game that we experience uh, Peter and Simone playing. Like it's it's very mm-hmm. much like a like more of the fun like art because it was it was art. It was a it was like a it was a like a chalk drawing or some type of mm-hmm. design that made it look like it was supposed to be a hole, and then it it's more of a puzzle. So it's like. I feel like that divide definitely breaks a little bit there, and, and we see that Fred Wynn is, is more intrigued, and, and um, mm-hmm. we see Janice start to, to wonder, like, is this part of, like, how, how does this play into how Peter and Simone, Simone are looking at it? Like, it, it just definitely made mm-hmm. it seem very, I don't know, it, it definitely broke some of that, so I don't know. Yeah. Andrew? Uh oh crap! I had something and I lost it. Uh, oh well, no. no, no, no. Um, so like the the first two episodes felt very, um, kind of like lighthearted and fun. Mm-hmm. Like you had dancing Bigfoot and like this adventure going on rooftops, looking at art and everything. These yeah. last two episodes were very sinister. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think that kind of like reflects the adventure that Fredwin and Janice are having compared yeah. to the adventure that like uh, Peter and Simone is having. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was pretty interesting. So like, what do you think, I don't know, this experience is? Is it something that's fun or is it something that is mm. like deeper or sinister or something that's like maybe going to have a negative effect on the world around them? Yeah, that, that's a good, that's a good question. I, I, I would like it now if if they if they go all in and and see each other eye to eye. I mean, we didn't talk about it too much, but there's a scene in this episode, Fredwin's episode, where they're in the diner and Simone says something and Fredwin slams his hand on the table, and he's like not having what she's talking about. So if they can, if those two can agree, I think then the four can can lock a little bit better and. The way you split it up, where their artsy adventure, the Peter and Simone, and then this the sinister adventure of Janice and Fredwin, what if it's just like becomes an artsy, sinister, <laughs> nightmare scenario? I I I sort of lean on it it being a potentially more negative, more I, more evil. I don't I know. think thing. I think they're gonna eventually just tear each other apart. Oh, I. Like, like we've seen flashes of it already. I think like they're just going to like go like be at each other's mm-hmm. like wit's end and then end up breaking the group apart into two separate camps. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't see it taking the like the extremely sinister approach. I I see it taking as far as like going forward. I could actually see us getting a sinister view of Peter and Simone now and getting to Ooh. see more of their background and how they like I mean, because we see, we still see, like, we, Peter still hasn't really grown as far as his background, which is he's still that bland character, and, and, like, Simone, we still don't know exactly all of her story, so it's, like, maybe because 
you see the Jejun Institute taking that sinister approach and then the this mm -hmm. Elsewhere Society taking that more lighthearted approach, maybe it's going to mm -hmm. flip and we're going to get to see their perspective of, mm -hmm. perspective of, of the other side and it's going to be like, we're going to get to see more of a lighthearted version of Fred Wynn and a lighthearted version of uh, Janice. And then it's, yeah. uh, I don't know, I feel like it's, I don't, I don't think this show wants to be like a, like a, like a friendship ender. I don't, I don't know if it wants to do that. I think it, oh. I think it wants to bring them together and I think it's going to, do that through the craziness of if if Clara is real and if they're trying to find her or if they're trying to find out how to become nonchalant with each other and enjoy that community aspect. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I think I think um, because the show is centered heavily around like people coming together and like becoming less lonely you're gonna need to have some sort of obstacle that gets in the way of that and i think yeah. that like they're going to try to drive them apart at some point either like the jejun institute or maybe just like them themselves and their own personalities mm -hmm. just being so uh, polar opposite really it's just well, going I mean, to I, like I, eventually pull them apart i mean i feel like yeah. that that pulling apart is is pretty like clear even in the beginning when when they all meet each other and and like Redwin's really stern personality. Like it's almost like no one really wants to work with him because he's so hardcore as as, as mm -hmm. Octavia says. So like that mm -hmm. could be part of mm -hmm. the way that it's driving them apart is putting that one hardcore person in this group. And then now we're breaking down that character uh that character trait and becoming more centered around the way each of them build into becoming more of more friends like more friendly with each other but mm -hmm. obviously yes through through that building of friendship there's going to be the the quarrels that they have with each other and that's obviously yeah. going to be clear with any friendship but i feel like it's it, it's all about building that community and building that friendship rather than i mean yes there will be roadblocks and i see that i see Absolutely. that coming. i mean there's six more episodes there's going to be something that's going to put them in like a rut and then obviously the season's probably going to end with them all coming together and somehow type of thing but I think the like the main goal is for them to to grow together, but yeah, yeah, it's good uh, stuff. Oh, it's good. Yeah. I I don't know where it could go. Yeah, they really kind of left it up in the air. They mm -hmm. threw that that threw the they threw the little clown boy in in Janice's episode. Did not touch mm -hmm. up on it again in Fredwin's episode. So I'm hoping next episode they kind of uh, at least show him again. Let us know that yeah. he's still a thing and around. <laughs> yeah, man. Wait till they, wait for the episode where it's like, I am the clown boy. You are the clown boy or whatever. And then he snaps his fingers and we see from the perspective of the clown boy. Everybody disintegrates when he snaps his fingers. He has the <laughs> infinity gauntlet. Mm -hmm. It's in his tears. The power is <laughs> in his tears. Oh, so, God. yes, we've got, we've got plenty more content to, to hit on with this show. Uh, it'll certainly be a welcome escape from the cabin fever uh, that good old COVID-19 has put us in. Yeah, luckily we're still allowed outside for the time being, so get get your uh, walks in while you can. This is true. And get your this kicks in. Get get those kicks in, kids. Uh, at least at least it's nice with, with regard regardless of what happens that we we can see this adventure unfolding i feel like there is a still a sense of whimsy and um obviously intrigue and they're going all over the place still i mean the fredwin episode 
is is fast paced to the degree that like so much more so than Janice is. Um, and it's nice that this show, especially now that they're all together for what hopefully maybe the rest of the episodes and they're all sort of getting the same amount of voice. Uh, we can see them just going all over the place and feeling like we're there for the ride. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I'm, that's what I'm banking on. Anything else boys? No, I think that's it. I think we're ready for the next episode. Ready, yeah. Ready for uh, the unknown. Yeah. Ready for the unknown. All right, cool. Sure. Great. Well, um, before we before we sign off, uh, gents, if you want to uh, plug anything, give you the opportunity to plug. Angelo, you got any? You got anything to plug? Um, other than uh, keep keep up to date with uh, Pilot's Guide. Um, yeah, Twitter, buddy. Just for any um, any new announcements and or uh, postings of episodes such as this one and regular Pilot's Guide episodes. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, no, we're uh, we're still. Even if we can't we can't get together in person, we'll still be uh, recording remotely and uh, Heck plan, yes. plan to uh, continue this nonchalant journey. Yes. Andrew? Um, I don't know. Now that we're all inside, I might try to explore some hobbies, so uh, keep on the, the lookout for that. Hobby up. Hobby up. Lobby up. Lo- lobby them up. <laughs> um, yeah, a- Angelo, Angelo said it. Um pilot's guide content coming uh we're gonna have after this one there will be um an episode that i recorded with Kristen uh about the new netflix show lock and key that we are finding ourselves to be uh slightly obsessed with uh we 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 have been watching it uh pretty pretty quickly so we're almost done that a pretty good show based on uh if you know me and how i tend to not watch the shows after we've done episodes of pilot's guide uh the fact that i'm watching this one pretty good so that'll be coming out uh the week after you're hearing this and um then we're gonna record another one of these guys for episode five and six after that i'm gonna get i'm gonna sit down with sean again and we're gonna return to our return to our roots and see what he's up to um and yeah, if you want if you want to connect with the podcast, uh, you can do so at pilotsguidepod at gmail.com. Send us an email, pilotsguidepod at gmail.com. Why did I do that? At pilotsguidepod on Twitter. That's where you want to connect with us. Um, you can find all of our ads, Angelo's and Andrew's and mine, Sean's, uh, my sister Emily, who who did the artwork for, for our pod. Uh, <coughs> a, a great a great oh oh. Excuse me. A great, uh, paying a great. Uh, <laughs> look, anytime I hear a cough, it's you got it. You got to Got to take it for what it's worth, man. That's true. I better uh, get off before I uh, before I <laughs> get you guys through the, the, the interwebs. <laughs> no, I know you were you were just enjoying a nice Pringle. I'm sure. Oh yeah, they're uh, salt and vinegar, so they're pretty uh, pretty saucy. Oh yes. Oh yes. Um. Yes, my sister did the artwork for this podcast, Pilot's Guide to Nonchalance, uh, paying an homage to the Jejun Institute logo. If you look that up, it is there is one image on the internet of it. So pretty weird that that's a thing. Uh, but yes, we are going to continue to pump these guys out and uh, we will enjoy doing so because it's, it's a great show to talk about. There's a lot to talk about. Great characters, great acting, great set pieces, great city that it takes place in. 
Um, and until then, gentlemen, I leave you uh, to go back to our self-quarantines. Stay oh, safe. Oh, yeah. Andrew's going to go beat some more games. Angelo's going to go do what Angelo's going to do. Angelo, what are you going to do tonight? Anything fun? Um, make dinner. Nice. Me too. Binge some shows. Maybe do some yoga and uh, just chill. Get nice. B- Bikram? You know it. Good. It's going to get hot in there. It is. All right. <laughs> anyway, this has been the Pilot's Guide to Nonchalance. Thank you, Andrew and Angelo, for joining me today on this adventure. Thank you for having us. Yes, of course. And as always, as we like to say on the Pilot's Guide, please feel free to roam about the cabin. All right, we'll be back uh, with more Pilot's Guide soon. We will talk to you then. Until then, stay safe, stay clean, wash those hands, get the webbing. <laughs>